Wretched Radio begins in 3, 2, 1. To convince a child to keep walking, try switching roles with them. Let the child play the role of the parent. They'll immediately do what you want them to do. You are raising in your home people that the Bible is very clear about their status. They need to be converted. Not just a conformity of their behavior. They need a transforming encounter with the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is the ultimate priority. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. It's your turn. Whippersnappers, this is Wretched Radio 2 to count them two commandments in the Bible for parents, how we are supposed to train up our children in the way that they should go. We teach them about Jesus and we don't make them nuts. There you have it. Two commandments. You apply those and you will do well as a parent. We have spent a ton of time. I mean, a totally imbalanced scale, focusing on how parents should be doing that, teaching their kids about Jesus, training them up to apply the word to everything, teaching them that Christianity is not an app. It is an operating system. But now we'd like to turn our attention to the command that is given to the child, perhaps specifically the teenager into adult child. To honor your father and mother, it's a command with a promise. You do that, things are going to go well. Overall, as a principle, you honor your parents, life's going to be overall fine. You don't, it won't. We struggle with this notion, perhaps in the West, more than any other society on this planet, that a child is to honor father and mother into adulthood. How does a child do that? How do you go from simply being obedient? That's the early stage of childhood. The kids are just obedient. And this, this still staggers me decades later. When, when we started having children, they just followed us everywhere. And they just did everything we did. They were, they were like dogs. You know, they, they, dogs don't ask questions. They just, okay, here we go. Into the car. All right, we're going to go outside. Fine, we're going to go inside. Okay, where are we going? I don't care. I don't know. I'm with my pack. And that's how kids are. They don't quite talk that goofy, but that's, they just do it. And then as they become older, they're toddling around and they're, they get bigger and they're, they're even starting to play games and sports and they're off to school. They do what they're told, but then they become teenagers and let the stand-up comedy routines begin. They start to get testing. They, 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 they start becoming increasingly naughty. They dishonor you. They sass mouth you. They don't do what they're told. They start sneaking around. What is going on? And I would like to suggest to you, we have forgotten what it means for a child to honor father and mother. When they are teenagers, a time now that in our society, it is expected that these kids are going to be that way. It's not like, will you get those kids? No, no, no. Just wait, just wait till they get to puberty. Oh, they're adorable now. Oh, you just wait. Hold on. That is not the way that God has set this up. Furthermore, when a child gets older and they even leave the house, how are they to honor father and mother? How are they to talk to them? How are they to engage them? How are they to receive any sort of wisdom that they passed down? 
This will sound absolutely bonkers to you, but I do believe that it captures what is going on in our society today, even inside of Christian homes. I know a couple, lovely Christian couple. Their child had a baby. Married child had a baby. Grandparents visiting the child. Child's nook falls. Parent picks up the nook. Child says, don't judge us. What? 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 Wait, what? The, the nook fell to the ground. It needed to be picked up. The child saw that as parents apparently inserting their opinion where it was not invited. And it was seen as judgment. And I do not think that is a one-off. I think that that is the attitude that has been cultivated, social media, etc., in our society, and it's infected Christian kids. And this is why this has stuck with me, and frankly, in my craw. For years, Dennis Prager, the Jewish conservative talk show host, when he would travel around the country, the people would queue up to say, my kids won't talk to me anymore. My kids won't listen to me. They, the kids were separated. The kids were fighting. The kids, they're just... And he noticed that it is a trend, and I agree with that trend, and I think it is simply because we have not taught our kids what it means to honor father and mother, and we as a church forget culture. They're, 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 they're kicking against the goads on this one. They teach the kids question authority. You need to have your own mind. And then you've got people like Planned Parenthood and Teen Vogue that are teaching them how to do it. You've got the government schools going, oh, no, 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 no. We know what's best for the kids. We're going to teach them sex ed, not you. And you're not going to stop them and you can't opt them out. What is the message to the kid? I'm, on, I'm my own autonomous being and I do not have to submit to my parents. I do not need to honor them. And what do we do in the church to counter that? Virtually nothing. Virtually nothing. Now. Do I realize that this commandment from God could get sorely abused? That children will be seen and not heard until I'm dead. Sure, it could. I don't think we're anywhere near that. So let me tug from the far side to maybe pull us over to some semblance of balance here and to encourage one another to help one another in this endeavor because I don't think a parent can do it alone. It doesn't take a village. It takes a church to raise a child in that the child will hear other voices besides parents singing from the same song sheet, singing the same tune, honor your father and mother. You should obey them. You should honor them. Now, we'll tackle how to do that into adulthood because that's the tricky season, isn't it? But this has got to start before puberty kicks in. It's got to start. We really need to start teaching our kids in our churches, from the pulpit, in Sunday school, in youth group, honor them. No lip, that's dishonoring. No eye rolling, that's dishonoring. And it, it goes beyond just simply modifying behavior. You need to see them as a gift from God. They are just plain smarter than you. Gulp it down. Take your medicine. It will do you good. Admit, mom and dad have been around the block at least once, and I haven't even left the house yet. They have, they have experienced these things. They are wiser than you. They have your safety in view. You, you need to know something about yourself. You can be impetuous. You, you can be reckless, and they're going to keep you from danger. Honor them. 
honor them. Thank them when they say, no, you're not going to go to that party. Thank you, mom and dad. Thank you. That's so much different than, man. Now, even if in their hearts they're grateful for it, that's not honoring. A child should see the parent as as as, as an, an, a marble statue. Just a, you're 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 carved into the Mount Rushmore of of positive influences in your life. Honoring them beyond. Don't just sass not sass mouth. Don't just not. Uh, don't just not do a half job. Wow, my parents are such a blessing. Now. That brings us back to the two commandments for parents. And that is why, as I think through this parenting thing more and more, God is absolutely brilliant. You try to tell me what two rules can better help you keep your house organized than teach your kids about Jesus and don't make them bonkers. It covers so much. You're supposed to be teaching them what Jesus is like. You are supposed to be modeling Jesus. And not making them nuts. That just covers everything. So you don't, yeah, that's right. You better believe it. I'm on the Mount Rushmore of parents, pally boy. Yeah, you know what? Let me tell you something. When I was 14, let me tell you, I had a paper route, 200 homes. You know how much I was making? And this is back in the 70s, pally boy. You're making them nuts. Don't do that. Be worthy of honor. <laughs> that's, 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 the, that's the ping pong match here. They honor. You behave worthy of honor. And your home will be sweet. And if we do not start cultivating this idea into our kids immediately, and I, then, I, then, I, then I think your home is going to be the typical sitcom with the teenager who soaks through. It's the caricature kid. They're not doing their homework. They're being lazy. Their room's a mess. They got smelly gym shoes. Got a sullen attitude. Ha, ha, ha. Insert soundtrack. Laugh track, please. Wrong, wrong, wrong. We as a church must start getting this message out. Why? Because I see so many hurting families, so many struggling families, and it, we, are, we are not experiencing the joy that a sweet household should be, the cultivation of a sweet home. I think J.R. Miller wrote about this. Just the, 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 ah. Oh. I walk in and there does not need to be banana bread in the oven for me to go, oh, it's good to be, oh, 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 it's good to be here. Mom and dad, we need to start teaching our kids to honor parents before they start behaving in ways that are dishonoring. And church, we need to help one another. We need to get this message out. And we need to start taking sermon messages and applying them to kids honoring parents and then For those kids and for all of us who are no longer under the authority of parents, how do we honor our parents? What does that look like? I would like to make the case radical, absolutely radical, that will be absolutely blissful next on Wretched Radio. Ah, some good news. Two encouragements from the Tomorrow Clubs. They have hundreds of weekly kids meeting clubs in Eastern Europe, but now they've expanded to Africa. 
And the kids are swarming the Tomorrow Clubs. They have never seen greater attendance than the hundreds of new clubs that they are opening up in Africa. That should encourage all of us. The gospel is going forth and reaching kids in unreached places. Encouragement number two, would you like to become a Tomorrow Clubs ministry partner? Your support will help the Tomorrow Clubs open up even more Tomorrow Clubs and reach even more kids with the gospel. Please consider becoming a ministry partner at tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched, tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Hey, thanks so much for listening to Wretched Radio today. You know, Psalms 96.3 tells us, declare his glory among the nations. And that's exactly what we're striving to do here at Wretched. By producing top-notch productions that capture hearts, minds, and souls without breaking the bank. So to all of our supporters who have given in the past, thank you. But could I bend your ear about possibly considering becoming an ongoing monthly gospel partner? With your ongoing support, we're able to continue creating engaging content that preaches the gospel, equips others to do the same, and strengthens the local church. And you can rest easy knowing we're ECFA approved, which means no private jets for us. No, no. 83% of every dollar you give goes directly to ministry. So would you please pray about joining us as a gospel partner by visiting wretched.org slash donate or text the word wretched to the number 44321. Wretched. Amazing grace. Amazing gospel. Busy, busy, busy. Last year, Preborn Ministries provided over 92,000 ultrasounds, 54,000 babies were saved, 69 ultrasound machines were placed, 10,000 people responded to the gospel. Preborn Ministries, very busy, saving babies, saving souls. Would you please consider partnering with Preborn Ministries? $28 per ultrasound, five ultrasounds, $140. Yes, they are expensive, but they save lives. And Preborn Ministries uses good equipment with trained specialists, which is why the success rates are so staggeringly high at saving lives with preborn. Please consider supporting preborn at preborn.org slash wretched, preborn.org slash wretched. Attributes of God. Do you think God explodes with anger when you sin? Remember the word impassibility. It means that God is without passion. His affections, such as wrath, anger, and love, are always foreknown, voluntary, and controlled. And they are always consistent with God's unchanging nature. And His wrath has been settled on the cross. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. This is Wretched Radio. If you were writing a parenting manual, I doubt that you would come up with three commandments that will make a home sweet. Always. You couldn't do it. But God did. Mom and dad, teach your kids about Jesus. Don't make them bonkers. Kids, honor your father and mother that it may go well with you. That's it. Those are the three laws that will not just keep a household in order. It will cultivate sweetness forever. The home has a realm of authority. 
mother and father. And kids are, yes, to obey, but there are more. We are to honor authority. Honor it. That's not just, I'm fine, I'll do it. I love it. I'm so glad that I've got this authority in my life. I honor those people. They are great people. They are a blessing from God. That is the command to a child. And if we in any way get away from that, it will, it's going gonna, it's gonna to go sideways on you. And your Western civilization tells you to do this a different way. That you, you get out of the house as fast as you can. You get away from those people. And you start living as if they have no authority over you as fast as you possibly can. So you can live autonomously. And we sometimes perhaps look at other cultures and we go, head scratch, what's going on there? For instance, the Asian community. I can't tell you how many times people have gone, do you, you know, that Asian family in our neighborhood? Grandparents live there. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> what's going on? The grandparents are honored. And the grandparents are taken care of. I'm not even saying this is motivated by Christian thinking, by a biblical worldview. That's just the way that they do it in their culture. And what happens there? Grandparents are taken care of. Mom and dad are honored. And the kids honor both of those authorities. And we look at it and go, well, that's just not the way we do it here. You know, it's just, you know, and those those Asian parents, they're all over their kids. Uh-huh. Right? Now, I'm not saying that that can't be overbearing also. Hence the commandment to not make your kids bonkers. There, there's a it, God balances this out beautifully. But he tells us in the home, this is how it's going to run. When it gets particularly tricky is when the kids now leave the home or they run off to university. The dynamic shifts, and it should, because we are not raising children. We're raising adults from the second they're born. We're, we're training them up to be adults. And so we want them to increasingly make decisions, good ones and bad ones. But they must honor parents even as they do. And if we don't, and if we don't radically shift the way that we are viewing this, Western civilization is going to continue to have its way in the hearts of our children. And we are going to see more divisions between parent and child. We already are. And that relationship should be sweet. It should be wonderful. I'm telling you, I I know it. I see it. Yeah, we uh, we got an issue with our kids. They're uh, fill in the blank. They're buying a car. They're they're thinking about moving. They're they're thinking about taking a job. They're going to make a purchase decision. And uh, wow, they're they're just their thinking is really terrible. And. Uh, I did that same thing when I was 17 and I just, uh, I, I really, but I, I, I can't tell them. I, I, I can't, I can't say if I, if I do, it'll just Thanksgiving will be ruined. I can't do that. Or you'll, you'll hear when you're out having perhaps a salad with a lady friend. Oh, we just, okay. So this is what we're doing with our adult kids. We, 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 okay. We, we tried to drop the hint that, that maybe, you know, having some sort of financial plan would be a good idea, but they got really, really upset. So we decided to wait like six weeks before we said anything else about it. What is wrong with this picture? I'll tell you what it is. They're not honoring mom and dad. This covers, this smashes the Western system. It also, by the way, smashes from a different angle, the Eastern system where mom and dad can play an overbearing role. No, the Christian role, the Christian relationship has balance to it. But I think increasingly in Christian homes and Western civilizations, children are not honoring parents. 
They're not honoring them. You should be able to say to your 30-year-old child, son, I've noticed you're buying a lot of stuff. Explain to me how that's working out. Dog, back off. Back off. We're not coming. That's it. We're. I'm not going to come here and take this. What in the world is that? I'll tell you what it is. The kid doesn't honor mom and dad. Now, does that mean that the, the adult child needs to do what mom and dad say? No, it doesn't. But they need to honor it. And they need to see it as a gift. This isn't neutrality commandment. This is honor, esteem, look up to, give deference to. Think that they know better because they do. Yes, I know there's exceptions. We're talking about the rule here. Tim Challies. He talks about six practical ways to honor your parents. Honoring parents is a form of honoring all authority, including God himself. So if you've got an adult kid who does not honor you, they're probably not honoring the Lord. This is this is really basic. They can see you. And if they can't get down with honoring you, they're not honoring the Lord, most likely. There will be temptations to say, yeah, but you don't know my parents. You don't know who they are, what they did to me. Fair enough. Let's leave that aside for a moment. We're talking about God's command. How do you honor your parents as an adult child? One, forgive them. Yep, they've made unwise decisions, unrealistic expectations. They helicoptered you, said things, did things, wounded you. Forgive them. And I, and I mean it. Forgive them. It's done. Number two. Speak well of them. Uh, uh, let me tell you about Rita and Harry. <laughs> you, know, you know, he's wearing this. He takes off his socks to put on his Birkenstocks, and you can see the sock line around his ankle. That's Harry telling you, drooling in his rocking chair. That's what Harry. Uh, uh, uh. You're an adult. You still honor your mom and dad by speaking well of them, not speaking evil of them. In the Old Testament, the penalty for cursing parents was the same as assaulting them. Exodus 21, 15 through 17, because the root is the same. Speak well while they're alive. Speak well of them when they're dead. Speak well of them to your siblings, to your spouses, to your children. Speak well of them to your churches and communities, modeling a countercultural kind of honor and respect that has been missing for far too long. How do you talk about your mom and dad? Hmm? How do you talk about them? Are, are, are they, are they the, the brunt of jokes, even in front of them? You know, Mom, always burning. Did you burn it again this year? Is the, is the turkey going to be dry again this year, Ma? You are not honoring your parents. Honor them. See them as a gift from God. Number three, esteem them publicly and privately. From Challies, Tim Challies, you don't realize how important it is to give them credit where you can. You don't realize how critical it is to just say, you know, everything I really learned about saving money, I learned it from you. Would that kill you? You know, Dad, that was one thing that you taught me. I am so grateful for that. Simple things that can bring joy and honor to your parents. We can give them such esteem privately, one-on-one -on -one conversation, or you can do it publicly through speeches or sermons, conversations around holiday feasts. Dennis Rainey goes so far as to call children to write a formal tribute to their parents 
to present it to them and to read it aloud in their parents. Oh, come on! That is Western civilization corrupting our kids and our adult brains. This should be like, I can't believe I didn't think of this. There is so much that I could say about my parents that is so wonderful. And if this, by the way, if this attitude isn't cultivated from from right outside of the womb, uh, it's, 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 it's going to be very unnatural. Western civilization, mock your parents. Bible, honor them. Write a spe- Why don't you write a speech about your parents? What, when's their anniversary? You write a speech and deliver it. You'd be honoring them. Seek their wisdom. Seek it. When faced with major decisions, they know stuff. You're, you're, you're going to be buying a house. They've already bought a house. Ask them. Do you, do you have to do everything? They, do you have to pick the white house versus the blue house? Nope. But you sure should listen to them and you would do well to seek them out. They'll give you better. They will give you better advice than people who that you just work with. You'll ask people at work. Hey, let me show you on the website. This house or this house. What do you think, man? Okay. 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 And they're just going to go. Yeah, I dig that one. Yeah, no, that one's cool. Your mom and dad. No, they love you to the core and they are going to give you the most thoughtful advice possible. Support them. Not, 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 not just financially, but in old age. Support them. That is a way to honor them. Six, provide for them when they are old. So this, this is different. You, you can help them just through life, providing for them, helping them along the way as they get older. They maybe don't have the budget that they once did. And then when they can't take care of themselves, you can take care of them. He's, he's talking about two things here. Go over and fix the drains. Uh, they, they need drains put on. Buy them. And then when they can't live in the house, take care of them is the encouragement, one way or another. Question, have you been honoring your parents? If not, you've been sinning. But you can repent of that now and change that today. This is Wretched Radio. It's now time for a Wretched News Break here on Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks. And we start in Nigeria, where the persecution of Christians continues with heartbreaking persistence. Two more priests have been abducted by armed men believed to be bandits. And this is just part of an ongoing and escalating trend of violence against Christians in the region. The Nigerian government is yet to effectively address the issue or provide adequate protection for religious minorities. So let us continue to pray for all of our persecuted brothers and sisters all over the world. Moving on to our neighbors in the north, starting in 2024, Canadians with large tax bills are going to be forced to pay electronically. The Canadian Revenue Agency has made the decision in their effort to modernize their payment system and reduce the risk of fraud. So if you live in Canada and you were hoping that you would continue to be able to send your tax payments via carrier pigeon or smoke signal, you might want to rethink that strategy because that's going away after this year. You know, navigating the massive world of entertainment from a biblical perspective is a daunting task. But fear not, friends, because a new Christian media resource has emerged and it promises to provide reviews of movies and other forms of entertainment from a 
biblical worldview. It's from Focus on the Family. It's called Plug In, and it promises to dive into aspects of moral concern in movies, TV, music, video games, and more. The company says the resource will help Christians make informed decisions about what they watch, read, and listen to without compromising their faith. If they're going to review every worldly movie, video game, song, and that TV show, they're going to be awfully busy over at Focus on the Family. And on to the realm of higher education, where the University of Texas has taken a bold step in the ongoing battle for linguistic equality. Didn't know that was a battle, but apparently it is. The university is encouraging students and faculty to use the word women. I mean, it is Texas and it is the South, but women, W-I-M-M-I-N, women, as opposed to women, W-O-M-E-N. The reason to promote gender inclusivity. The patriarchy is being defeated one letter at a time. So if you go to the University of Texas, make sure you say women instead of women. Hear the difference? And lastly, I wanted to mention an article that I recently read on Not The Bee. I would urge you to go read it as well. The article talked about the slippery slope of moral decay that could lead us to the unthinkable. The legalization of pedophilia. Our society is continuing to redefine what is considered acceptable. And as it does that, it's important that we remember that there's some lines that should never be crossed, even if it means keeping up with the latest trends. You just don't touch or hurt children. It's a sobering reminder, and I urge you to go check it out on Not The Beat. And that has been today's Wretched News Break. More Wretched Radio straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Important dates in Christian history. 405 AD. After 23 years of work, translating from Hebrew and Greek manuscripts, Jerome completes the Latin Vulgate version of the Bible that becomes the standard for the next 1,000 years. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Yeah, I gotta call my parents. It's their anniversary. Not. This is Wretched Radio, the brilliance of the Bible. One command for children in regard to their parents honor them into adulthood. When I used to think about this subject, trying to figure out how do you honor your parents? It was basically, well, you know, just, you know, don't, don't diss them. You don't have to do what they tell you to do, but just, you know, be pleasant with them. Uh-uh. Way, 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 way past that. Honor them. Esteem them joyfully do more than call them on their anniversary because you have if I don't send a card ma she always just gets furious you know and dad well you know not like he cares most of the time I mean he never talked to me when I was a kid anyway honor them honor mother and father joyfully I'm telling you it will bring you joy it will go well with you you want to be countercultural you're a teenager you want to be countercultural Honor your parents. And by the way, uh, just bonus for you if you're a teenager, oh, the power. You have no idea what power you have. You have absolutely no idea. I can tell you from experience in talking to teenagers, young people who love the Lord, who would say, you know, my house is really tough. It's really, really hard. My parents do this, and then they do that. They treat me like this. And look, some of it is downright sinful. And, and this is not to overlook it. But as part of my counsel to them, I would say, could I encourage you to do something? You, you think maybe your parents aren't even saved? 
You, you, you think that maybe they're false converts? You think that they're terrible right now? Could I encourage you to become super teenager? Just do what you're told. In fact, do it before you're told. Just watch what happens. And I'm telling you, this has happened multiple times within a week. I can't believe what our house is like. My parents are so nice all of a sudden. You don't say. Look at the power you've got in obeying them and honoring them. Why does that work? Why is that a blessing? Because that's the way God designed it. And any household that does not have children honoring parents, it's not going to be blissful. It can't be because that's not the way it works. Go ahead. Try to get air conditioning out of a drain pipe. You're not going to get it. Well, you can try. You, you, can, you can blow cold it, put some ice cubes in it, and then fan it on the other side. I, you know, that'll kind of sort of get some stuff. Not going to work. Why? Because that's not what a drain pipe is for. A family is built the way that God designed it. Mom and dad, teach your kids about Jesus. Don't make them bonkers. Kids, honor your father and mother. And if you operate in those in in, in those those frameworks, it's going to go well. It's going to be nice. It's going to be better. Mom and dad, this goes for you too. But we're not going to focus on you today. We've 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 beaten up mom and dad plenty here. But when you're not when you're not harping, annoying, just you know helicoptering making too many decisions for it, the kids actually get better too. There's power in this. Why? Because this is the way it's designed to work. God set it up. The universe operates on God's laws. This is what they are. You do it like this and it's going to go well. This is why even in civilizations that aren't Christian, when they stumble into these principles, their families actually do better. They function better. Why? Because that's the way God built the place. Whether you are a believer or not, so if you're a teenager and your parents are driving you nuts, I would suggest to you, submit to them and start honoring them lickety split and you watch what happens in your home. Tim Challies came up with six ways that we can honor our parents into adulthood. And all of them were good. All of them were good. That, that, that you assure your parents, they're, they're, they're in their, their 50s, their 60s. They're fine. They're still healthy. They, they do their, their ambulatory. Hey, mom and dad, I just want to let you know, when the time comes, I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. And you're not going to be left alone. Mom, if dad dies, I got you. Oh, oh the honor that that brings to a parent. Tim Challies came up with six of those. You can find them at challies.com. I decided to write six more. So for your consideration... Six more ways you can honor your parents as an adult. Don't shun or prohibit unsolicited advice. You are foolish to not consider it and even be grateful for it. Oh, yeah, 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 I'll think about it. Uh-uh. Thanks, Dad. Thank you. I'm on, I'm on this. I'm putting this in there. And you know what? As I think about this, this is going to weigh heavier than my other considerations, because it came from you, Dad. Don't shun or prohibit unsolicited advice. I see this, the tiptoe parent. I see it all the time. They can't, they can't tell their kids what they think, the adult kids. They can't do it. It will wreck the relationship. The nook drops to the floor, and the kid says to the grandparent who picks it up, don't judge us. What? What? What is that? Common. That's what that is. Don't shun it. Don't shun it. Don't prohibit it. 
Let him keep pouring into your life, even as an adult. I, we should all be doing this. We're dumb when we do not seek the wisdom of elders. And you've got the best elder with your last name. You've got the best thing for your decision-making process. It's your parents. Number eight, call them for no reason. Not just on anniversaries and Christmas. Just call them up. You know why I'm calling today, Mom? Because you're my mom. That's why. And I love you. What's up? How are things going? Anything I can do? See, this, this, is, this is not just not being nasty to your parents. Okay, I'll listen to them, but that's, that's all I got to do. I don't even have to take it in. No, honor. This goes further. The word is honor, esteem, to view highly. Uh, okay, let's just say you were making a financial decision and Clark Howard gives you a call. Well, what? Clark Howard, he's the financial guy on the thing and the, well, he gives advice about what's smart and what's... Clark Howard, call me. He cares about me. Not as much as your parents do. Why don't you give him a call? If you had Clark Howard's number, you might want to... I'll bet you're, you're out buying a washing machine. Hey, what is Clark Howard's? Hey, Google what Clark Howard... Google, Google what's the best thing to buy here. Google your parents. Give them a call. Number nine, do stuff for them. Why don't you surprise mom and dad? Why don't you just go over and mow the lawn? Why don't you trim the edge? Because he can do it. He's guy. He's, he can do it. He's fine. Yep, he is. But you'd be honoring him. You'd honor him. You're commanded. I'm commanded to do this. Commanded to do this. Joy. You'll be bringing your parents joy. Now, I get it. There's exceptions. I get that. We're talking about rules here. You're, you're, do you know every every fun thing that you did as a child was courtesy of mom and dad? Everything? Everything you did. They paid for every single thing. And they didn't do something perhaps that they wanted to do because they wanted to do it for you because they loved you that much. Do something for them. Help. Don't go over on the holidays to be served. Get up. Sit down, mom and dad. You are not getting up. I'm doing these dishes. Sit down. You're the parents here. You're mom and dad. We're doing the dishes. We're not going to come storming in and then blast back out because, well, we've got busy lives to lead. Honor your father and mother. Help when you visit. That's number 10. They're not, they're not the waitrons. They're your parents. Number 11. Your parents aren't your equals. This is a message from the West. Yes, you are. Your, 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 your parents are exactly on the same. You're an adult. They're adults. You're an, you can vote, right? You can drive a car. You can own a gun. For now, you're, you're equals. No, you're not. And the Bible is replete with this, not just with our parents, but with pastors. Treat them like an elder man. How do you treat an elder man? With respect and honor and dignity. They're not equals. They're not pals. They're your parents. It's a different dynamic. And I wonder if this is why it's not working out in your home right now with your current adult children. And if you're an adult child and it's not working out with mom and dad, this, this could be why. They, they, they're older they, 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 they know more and they want to talk about different stuff. They want to hear your, your stuff, but they probably would like for you to ask them about 
their stuff too. They're not equals. They're your elders. Honor them. Number 12. Rather than telling them, hey, here's the rules when you get, when we let you watch the kids, here's the rules. Uh uh-uh. uh. You let them instruct your kids manners, prayers, Bible stories, how to walk, how to talk, how to think, how to act, all of it. Let them do it. You know why? They're better at it than you currently are. They just are. They see things. They see, you've got a baby. They see something. They know it too sweet. They know it. They see it. with. It's like in their periphery. They're so used to doing this. They see something is off. Let them fix it. Let them correct. And you know what blessing you'll get? Those parents will say, you know what? And you've got a good mom and dad and you need to honor them. And grandparents then should be teaching the grandchildren to honor their parents so that they behave the way that they would like to be treated. Oh, what a brilliant plan God has for the family that follows his three commands. This is Wretched Radio. So, you're not convinced of the importance of training men to rightly divide the word of truth and fill pulpits internationally? Fine. Then we'll let Paul Washer convince you. It is so important, not just important, it's absolutely essential to have a trained expositor of the scripture in every church. When we read through the book of Acts, we can see that the kingdom of God, the kingdom of Christ, advances as the word of God advances. Would you please consider joining the Master's Academy International in filling empty pulpits with men who can exposit the scriptures and advance the kingdom of God It's a magnificent ministry with a generational impact. Please learn more about supporting TMAI at wretched.org slash pastor. Wretched.org slash pastor for the Master's Academy International. You know, what used to be a movie is now a sad reality. We're living in a world that's gone absolutely bonkers. So much so that six mads just aren't enough to describe it. Social media may be bombarding us left and right. Our Christian worldview may be under assault, but we have the dynamic duo of Todd Friel and Dr. Nathan Buznitz, and they're coming to the rescue with Wretched Worldview 2, tackling 22 of those pesky, thorny contemporary issues through a biblical lens, helping us to defend the biblical view on things like sexuality and gender, critical race theory, modesty and apparel, persecution, secular entertainment, environmentalism, 22 issues to be exact. So what are you waiting for? Head on over to wretched.org, grab your copy of Wretched Worldview 2. And hey, while you're there, snag that study guide too, because it's the perfect companion for navigating this mad, 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 mad world with wisdom and grace. Confession, normally numbers aren't my favorite subject, but these numbers make me happy. MediShare is affordable biblical health sharing with twice the satisfaction rate of MediShare members versus traditional health insurance plans. The average family saves $500 per month. Over $3 billion worth of medical bills have been shared 
among MediShare members, which, by the way, MediShare has been around for a quarter of a century. Don't forget, telehealth is available at MediShare, and it will take you two minutes to receive a quote to see what you and your family could be saving every single month with MediShare. Affordable biblical health sharing. Please spend a very worthwhile two minutes at 844-34-BIBLE, 844-34-BIBLE. Know your church fathers. Clement of Alexandria was an apologist in the late 2nd century. He ran a school in Alexandria, Egypt, where he instructed new converts and trained Christian apologists. He taught that only Christianity, with its revelation from God in the Bible, has the answers regarding creation, good and evil, and salvation. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Let's go back in time, uh, shall we? This is Wretched Radio. Have you ever wondered what worship was like in the early church? Well, if you haven't, you're going to hear about it anyway. Justin Martyr, uh, that was not his last name. He was martyred. See how they did that. Justin Martyr gives a lengthy description of what a worship service was like that averaged about three hours. I'm sorry, did you just complain it went longer than an hour? Or if you're Lutheran, more than 40 minutes? Three hours was dedicated to the worship service. Detailed description. He lived between the years 100 and 165. We need to remember whenever we study early church history, these men were not inspired. They were not infallible. And even as we remember, they were closer to the source of events of the New Testament. We still need to be careful. The culture was different. Arts were different. The ability to communicate. Transportation. All different than today. So while we want to go back and study the early church fathers, we need to be really careful. There probably is not an early church father where you as a 21st century evangelical would agree with everything. They they regularly would go off the rails on this or that, sometimes in a really bad way. Tertullian, he became, I believe, the Martian heresy. He, he was the greatest proponent of the Trinity in the, in the third century. And yet, end of the third century, into the fourth century, he was, he, was, he was Mr. Trinity. And yet, he became a heretic. Whoa, careful. We, 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 we've got to be very picky about what we take from the early church history. We do not have many writings from them. Yep, we've got some. There are definitely some, some interlopers in there that were gleaned out of the church canon, by the way, the biblical canon. But let's read history, but be wise about this. And so it is Justin describes a service as consisting of preaching, teaching, praying, reading scriptures publicly, taking the Lord's Supper, saying amen, collecting the offering. Do you notice anything that's missing? Let me read it again. See if you notice what's missing. Preaching, teaching, praying, reading the Bible, taking the Lord's table, saying amen, Collecting the offering. You hear what's not there? Singing. Singing. Now, does that mean they didn't sing? No, it did not. But it appears that Justin so equated the singing of psalms and hymns and spiritual songs that it was equivalent to hearing the Bible. 
that could be why he didn't include it. Because, well, when we talk about the scriptures, we read them or sing them. And there are other times in other places where people do talk about congregational singing. And yet it was not the highlight of the church service. Today, what is the big emphasis in evangelical worship? Hands down, it is music. The worship team gets up and they play. And they play. And they play some more. And then they linger. And then we just get music and fog. And then they play some more. And then maybe we get the little homily, if you can call it that, the motivational speech from a dude with an untucked shirt. That is the emphasis of an evangelical worship service, not back then. Justin's congregation sang, I'm almost certain of it, but it was not what it is today. Justin suggests believers should offer thanks by invocations and hymns in another place. Justin may have so closely associated singing with the public reading of Scripture that he failed to mention it, the music aspect, when he gave a really detailed order of service in the second century. The early church's views, furthermore, of pagan music. This, by the way, this is a history that was taken from religiousaffections.org. The early church's view of pagan music, what was their music like? What type of music did they use? Their view of pagan music is best seen in their abolition of instruments in worship. They thought the instruments in and of themselves were ungodly. I do not believe that is true. Why? Because the psalmist talks about the different types of instrumentation that were used to make a praise sound to the Lord. Is it the clanging of a cymbal that makes worship? No, it's the clangor that uses that like he would use his or her voice to make a joyful noise to the Lord. Nevertheless, because the early church thumbs down on pagan music, they got rid of instruments. Interesting. It is often suggested that the early church chose not to use instruments within their worship because of fear of persecution, making too much noise. And I think that that has some merit to it. But it's also possible believers chose not to use instruments because of an early polemic against pagan music and the association of instruments with pagan music. Now, the conclusion that this fellow makes, I think, is a little different than mine in the article. But this is what we definitely learned. They thought it through. They gave some energy and some gray matter to this consideration. We don't even think about it in churches today. We just do it. And whatever's most popular. Theophilus of Antioch, who died about 185. Tatian, the Assyrian, died about 180. Both agitated by the snobbery of Greek music culture. By the time of Clement of Alexandria, who died in 215, the formal opposition to pagan music was in full swing. Clement spoke of those people who sing music within the church and then sing trash accompanied by instruments outside of the church. How can you do that? You can't you can't sing praise to God and then go sing secular music. It's trash. I'm just telling you. Tertullian of Carthage died in 220 viewed the music of the theater and the circus as directly connected to idolatry and bad morals. Novation, died in 258, suggested that pagan music would still be worthless even if it were not morally corrupt. Now, I don't think that it has to be. I, 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 don't, I don't think that a contemporary sound is sinful in and of itself. Some people have concluded that because I do believe that music, not the lyrics, I think music speaks. If, if I play a violin one way, you're going to go, oh, 
you must be brilliant. And then I can play the fiddle. And you go, well, that's just common. Why? Because music communicates something. You know, you, this, for instance, what did this communicate? Something. Probably not. I want to rock and roll all night. No, it, it communicated something that may be a little bit more sophisticated. But the sound does that. Music does that. The early church, they didn't like pagan music at all. The earliest Christians did not hold a style doesn't matter view of music. They saw music as having moral qualities, leading men into good and evil. I agree with that. Music can be sensual. Music can be uplifting. It can be encouraging. It can, it can really cause you to have emotions. They thought these things through early on. While modern music adjusts the text to the tune, the music of the early church likely conformed the music to the natural rhythm and inflection of the text. So they wrote the text to make sure that it was accurate and then had the music, the bed, align with it. There's some really have you ever sung some one of the one of the big songs that we whether it was from the 90s, the 2000s, one of the great worship songs, and then you read it in the in the hymn or in the Psalms, and you go, oh, well, that's what they were referring to, but that's not the whole thought. Exactly. And that is what the early church would not have done. They would have given preeminence to the message, and the music would conform to it. Today, the music style, we alter the lyrics to match the music. I'm just telling you how they did things back then. Historians and musicologists have suggested that the Lord's Day music of the early church was simple in form, monophonic unaccompanied by instruments, perhaps, and without harmony, chant-like, or recitative. Now, remember, it could have been that they simply didn't have the harmonies that were only invented in the last 400 years. It was a very restricted style. But we also need to remember that this type, the type of four-part harmony that you and I are more inclined to mimic and like wasn't standardized until the 1600s. You're accustomed to that. They were not. So perhaps that is why they sang the way that they did. What do we do with this? Do we suddenly then throw out instrumentation? Nope. Does this mean that one of those great hymns? Uh, what was, uh, I'm trying to, it was a Chris Tomlin song. It was one of those anthems. And when I was reading the Psalms recently, I went, oh, you kind of only use like half of that verse there. Does that mean I throw out that song? No. If it's Hillsong, I do. But that's another story altogether. The point is, maybe, just maybe, in looking back, understanding history, understanding culture, understanding the arts, where they were at the time, how they thought, even though they weren't inspired, they were not infallible, maybe, just maybe, we give some thought to what it is that we are singing at church, how we are singing it, the type of music that we are singing, and this, I think, is something that we can agree on. While we can certainly come up with a different style of music than the early church did, that's almost a certainty. For those of us who love the organ, they didn't have that in the first century to their detriment. Nevertheless, my point is we, we can be married to a particular style and we can come up with a different sound than they did, perhaps a little bit more sophisticated than they ever would have dreamt even possible. They might have thought it's scandalous. I don't think that it has to be. But maybe, just maybe, understanding that our early church forefathers and mothers, they actually thought about this stuff before they turned on the amp and turned up the volume and rocked this church. 
Right, church? Until tomorrow. Everybody doing good today? Go serve your king.